What's going on, everybody? Welcome to ScreenSpeak. It's the podcast that's all about movies, life, and so much more. My name is Jordan Anderson. This is my podcast. And as always, I am thankful, grateful, and appreciative of you coming by and giving this episode a listen. If you've never been here before, this is the first time you're hearing my voice, first time you've ever put the words screen and speak together, well, go ahead and do me a quick favor and hit that follow button. It takes one to two seconds tops, maybe less if you're really quick with the opposable thumbs. Uh, but please, please go ahead and hit that follow button and or download episodes on whatever it is that you are listening to this on. It could be Spotify, could be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You've heard all the podcasters out there do plugs similar to this. Mine is not really much different. I want you to listen to Screen Speak. I want you to like it, get something out of it, and keep coming back for more. So that's really what I'm trying to look for in most any episode of this podcast. So please, please go ahead and do that. You can also check out the podcast on its social media pages. We have Instagram. There is Threads. There is a Facebook community, though I'll be honest, it's, it's, it's not very active right now. Uh, I've kind of experimented with that one more than some of the other ones. But but Instagram, for sure, is where you can find some pretty steady content coming, uh, as well as threads. So go ahead and follow me over there. Follow me on Instagram, of course, on, again, the podcast device that you're listening to this on. All that, y- y- you get it, right? Right? I think I think you get it, okay? So... Let's go ahead, let's just move past that and get into what this episode is all about. So, the writer strike is still going on. The the writer strike, the WGA strike, uh, they've been on strike now for about three plus months, I want to say. Uh, and a good while ago, about midway into the strike, I had my, my good friend and uh, writer herself, Sophia Hahn, on to talk about the status of the WGA strike and kind of break it down and get into all the complexities and nuance and so on and so forth. Uh, well, Sophia's back because the WGA strike isn't just happening, but it's got some company. It's got some company in the name of SAG-AFTRA, which is the Screen Actors Guild, uh, American Federation of Television and Radio Associates, or something like that. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty close on that acronym. But SAG has joined the fight. They have joined the WGA strike, and it's a pretty monumental thing. I might be a little bit late in covering it because there's been plenty of other outlets out there that have been talking about this. Uh, But I certainly wanted to throw my hat into the ring, throw my opinion out there. Uh, because I talked about it again initially before with Sophia on the WGA strike episode, and now with SAG joining in the fight, I just figure there's a lot more to talk about with this thing. We got to get into it. We got to see what the hell is going on and just kind of weigh in and, and again, give our two cents to this thing. Uh, So we talk about a lot. Talk about a lot with the strike. We talk about the, the coverage of it, how it's sort of being promoted and shared with people. Uh, I would say that we do definitively state where we side on, so there's no ambiguity with that. We clearly give our opinions of where we are siding on with this whole thing. Uh, we talk about where to stay informed on the strikes, because that's always something I find to be challenging with really any topic of conversation or, or topic of substance that has multiple sides to it and just multiple um, things that make it complex. And the, and the writer's strike, WGA strike, the SAG strike, this together, uh, there's really no exception for that. So it's, it's trying to find out how the hell you make sense of this thing. So we talk about that. Uh, we touched briefly on Indiana Jones being de-aged. I, I feel like that's something I've talked about before. Touched a little bit on the whole Barbenheimer phenomenon. Um, I, I do have a full uh, podcast that is coming out for Oppenheimer. 
Uh, you'll have to wait a little bit on that because I'm just doing the final prep for that because it's going to be a pretty uh, meaty, deep dive episode because I got a lot of thoughts on that movie. Uh, and I just want I just want the episode to really just quite literally go off with a bang. <laughs> Get it? Explosions, Oppenheimer, atomic bomb. Very subtle joke there. Um, let's see. We talk about some of the weird strike ba- uh, strike breaking consequences that can happen with this thing. Like what happens if you cross that picket line? SAG's made it pretty clear. WGA, maybe they've made it clear, but SAG certainly has, so we get into that. Um, what else can I tell you? I mean, I don't want to spoil the whole thing. I want to have you actually have a reason to go in and listen to this. Um, but I, I, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you this, and then we'll just get into the episode, okay? We'll just do it. Um, I admit, towards the end of this thing, I got kind of fired up, and I wasn't expecting to... I don't want to say lose my composure. Like I got it's not like I start screaming into the microphone or something like that. But I throw a couple f bombs out. I, I I throw a little bit of uh, colorful commentary, if if you will, into some of my thoughts on this because I didn't prepare this this particular episode as much as I do some of the others because I feel I feel and I I felt that my passion for this topic could really kind of carry the episode through and combine with Sophia's insights and knowledge that she has herself as a writer and just a intelligent person. I felt like this was going to be a, a pretty good episode. And, and I think it was, but I, I'm letting you know right now, the, the F bombs fly a couple of times. Um, I definitely mark this as an explicitive episode. It's not like I'm saying anything that's that terrible that I would regret or, it's not, you know, it's nothing like that. It's just, you know, there's, there's some cursing. So if, if you're an adult and you can stand it, well, then stick around. Stick around and listen to the content and see what you think. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's that. So I will say this, and, and then I, I swear to God, I swear to God, screen speak, we're going to get into it. I want to know what you think. Tell me what you think about the WGA strike. Tell me what you think about SAG-AFTRA. Tell me what you think about them joining forces for that matter. Um, comment on whatever it is again, that you're listening to this on most podcast feeds these days do have comment sections. Otherwise plug time, whoop, you go ahead and follow me over on social media, on the Instagram comment there, send me a direct message, whatever the hell you want to do. Send me a carrier pigeon for all that care. You can get a hold of me, however, which way you choose to. So I want to know what you think about this and See, I keep saying one last thing, and then, like, I just, I, I don't shut up. Like, what the hell? You're like, are you going to get into this interview or not? Don't worry. I'm going to get there. Um, very fast. UAPs. UAPs, UFOs. Who would have thought in 2023 is suddenly the year where this is going to take more of uh, a prominent space in, in, in the political limelight or the social limelight, if you will. Uh, but UAPs or unidentified aerial phenomenons, um, you know, commonly known as UFOs, but I feel like they, they kind of took that term. They don't want to say that term as much because you, you, know, you think of the tinfoil hats and all the crazies that talk about their UFOs, conspiracy theories and whatnot. But there's been some compelling stuff that has happened really recently. And I got to admit, everybody, I have been consumed by it. Um, Really actually strongly debating doing a podcast about the subject and doing some movie tie-ins and whatnot. I actually put the call out there on uh, Instagram and threads to see if people are interested in doing that. And if I get enough feedback on that, I I think it's going to happen because this is something I I, I don't understand why more people are not discussing. Um, I, I mean, I know, I know that, you know, the you know, the economy and inflation and all the political divide and everything that we have is 
probably arguably more important than, you know, flying saucers and, and green men and things like that. But it's aliens, man. I mean, it gets aliens. So I got some thoughts on that, uh, but I won't, I won't get into it in this one. I just wanted to sort of tease that I've been, it's been on my mind. I've been doing a lot of research into it and I definitely think it's something I could discuss uh, should I find the right avenue into it with the podcast. So we'll see if that happens. But in any case, I'll just shut up. Done with the introduction. Done with all this stuff. Let's just get into the episode. I'm ready. I know you're ready. So let's just go ahead and get into it. This is my latest conversation with the wonderful Sophia Hahn, all about the WGA and SAG-AFTRA strike. Here we go. Happy to have you back on here, Sophia. How's it going? How's it going? I am living the dream. Absolutely the dream. And I am thrilled to be talking about workers' rights. It's pretty crazy, the stuff that's happening right now. I mean, I mean, when we when I had you on, obviously, for the WGA strike, that was obviously kind of the talk of the town, so to speak, and really big. But now with with SAG after kind of jumping into this and just really, I think, increasing the intensity, I think, of the strike and then also the attention on it. Um, I, I definitely feel like they're joining in solidarity is like really kind of ramp things up. Um, I mean, I don't know like what your feed looks like on your social medias, whatever you look at, but mine is just like, it's like wall to wall. I just, I keep seeing the pickets. Uh, I keep mm-hmm. seeing the hashtags, the solidarities, like all the, uh, all the different things. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of support for it, but it's uh, like, while it's encouraging, I think to see a lot of the support, it also is like, this is a really uncertain time and really kind of scary not just i think for the industry the entertainment industry but also um just other industries across the board specifically with labor um it's it's kind of wild i mean what have you been following on this since since the wga and sag kind of have joined forces yeah well it's interesting that you say that like you are seeing so much wall-to-wall coverage on your social media Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, so I listen to a lot of news podcasts and it feels like ahead of the WGA strike, there was that wall to wall coverage, um, on news and everybody was talking about like, what does this mean? What are they asking? Blah, blah, blah. But it feels like some of the SAG after stuff has kind of slipped under the rug and it's not being talked about as much, which is really surprising mm-hmm. when, mm-hmm. what is it? First time in 60 plus years that both of these unions yeah. have gone on strike at the same time. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And you have incredibly similar demands. Like it's a huge force to be reckoned with, but it feels like it's kind of not, not being talked about as much as it probably should be. Yeah. I guess it's hard for me to say because it's pretty clear that I just follow a lot of entertainment specific things. Yeah. And <laughs> I suppose in a sense, I probably have purposely curated my feed to be so much revolved around that. Cause mm-hmm. like, I guess like on my personal social media feed, which I, I do have one, but it's basically for like Facebook, which I seldomly honestly even look at these days. Like I really like the last couple of days I actually posted some stuff, but like before that it had been like maybe two months, I think since I had posted anything on that, I have a personal, I have a personal Instagram, but I've barely, barely touched that just been barely looking at it. So really 
my lens right now through social media has been through my podcast Instagram. Uh, that's at ScreenSpeak Podcast. So you can go ahead and follow it on there. So Plug. there you go. Plug. <laughs> Super subtle. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, I just I, I keep seeing a lot of stuff on it. And then I th- I suppose as well, I think I'm taking my own active interest in looking at it because I've taken the steps of looking up uh, the, the, you know, what am I trying to say? Like the press conferences, um, Fran Drescher, I've been listening to a lot of her speeches. Oh, also been you. listening to uh, Duncan Crabtree Ireland, which I don't think that dude's getting enough recognition. He's the chief negotiator for SAG-AFTRA. So he's like yeah. the guy that's at the table with the AMPTP doing a lot of these, you know, behind closed doors negotiations. So he's yeah. really uh, one of the main main stakeholders that's involved with it but i just i've been taking an active interest in it because this apart from just me wanting to stay informed on this whole thing i mean i i think there was a moment where i had to really figure out what side of the aisle i'm kind of at on this thing because i know when you and i had talked about on the wga i really tried to take a measured approach to it and i'm like you know i'm hearing what the writers are doing i'm trying to figure out what the amtp amptp is doing and and sort of coming up with a, a really, you know, a really solid foundation and just kind of something where I can see both sides point of view and try to meet in the middle. But to be honest on this one, Sophia, like unless there's something I'm not seeing from the AMPTP that hasn't really been out there. And granted, you won't see everything because there are media blackouts on some of these negotiations. I just I'm I'm with SAG. I'm with SAG. I'm with the WGA. I mean, I am. And like, I don't want to stay silent about it because I think, I think that's the problem is that too, too many of these negotiations and things like this that have happened in the past, people have not been as vocal about it. And I think the time is now to be vocal about this. And I think I've done enough homework, probably more than some of the average general citizens have. And I just, yeah, I'm, I'm for SAG. I'm for SAG-AFTRA. I'm for the WGA. I'll make that definitive right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, what the studios are doing is, it's hard to kind of understand, I guess, some of the stuff that they have just either flat out rejected or come back with pretty piss poor, um, you know, counter offers that to me are just kind of insulting in, in some degree to these to these people. Uh, well, I don't know what, what, what do you, I, I, I think you're, you're for the strikes, I think, but no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like I was, um, I was listening to a podcast about it, kind of walking through a little bit of, you know, their demands, what yeah. brought us <clears throat> to this point or whatever. And I know when we last talked, we kind of talked about like, we, we went through the demands and just like how blatant of a disregard the AMPTP yeah. had for the writers and yeah. It seems like it's on that same level, if not even more, for SAG. Like, yeah. they were talking about how there was an actress, I'm totally blanking in her name because I didn't watch the show, from Orange is the New Black. And mm-hmm. she was one of, like, the first people to talk about it. And granted, she wasn't a regular. She, was, I guess she was kind of a regular. Like, she was on pretty regularly. She, you know, was a well-known character in the show. Got a residuals check from Netflix, and it was $27. Mm-hmm. And it was right. the biggest <laughs> show arguably one of the biggest shows that Netflix has ever created. And yeah, she that was, was of, one of the biggest ones when uh, yeah. streaming was kind of first like launching and stuff. That was one of the main ones you out. heard about. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's like for all of that work, all of that notoriety, everything, $27, mm-hmm. like it is a slap in the face, truly. And 
I don't know. It is, it just feels, and it feels like with this strike in particular, they're leaning more into like the AI part of it. And yep, what that yeah, actors have to. an opinion on that too. Yeah. Yeah. And it just <clears throat> seems from the breakdowns that I've seen, it just seems so blatant from the ANPTP that they're like, oh, we don't care about you. We don't care. We will do whatever we can to cut costs and have the smallest bottom line we possibly can. And if that comes a, a just, if that comes with you not getting any money, having to have multiple jobs on yeah. top of <clears throat> doing this, damn, you know, <laughs> don't care. It's just, it feels so blatant this time around. It does feel pretty blatant. And I, I don't know, I, I, as much as I think this is a, a historic time, certainly for the entertainment industry and beyond. Cause like I said, I think this is also a pretty loud cry about just labor in general in this country. Um, mm-hmm. th- granted this is the entertainment industry, but I feel like this is going to have ripple effects over to other industries of labor. And there are other places that are feeling similar pains to this with inflation, just being out of control. Um, a lot of people that are barely making ends meet on that. And, you know, it's the, it's the cliche shit, you know, I mean, some of this just doesn't change It's human nature. You have your 1% that just reaps in, rakes in all the money. And they're just like, ah, you know, I know these people make, make me rich and stuff, but whatever, they can have pesos and peanuts or, or whatever. And, and just, they don't, they don't give a shit. Um, I, so I, I can say this. So some of the brief research I did to prepare for this, I'm not as prepared for this as the last one, but I don't care because I think I can talk more off the cuff on this. Um, mm-hmm. I looked at YouTube, obviously, um, that's kind of, you know, uh, what am I trying to say, broad. <laughs> uh, but I also read stuff from The Hollywood Reporter. Also, there is stuff from Variety, uh, read stuff, of course, from SAG-AFTRA, which is really, I think, where a lot of people should be spending their time if they're wanting to see this particular side of uh, the argument and the conversation is from their actual website, which I do have it pulled up here right now. Um, and I was planning on sc- uh, sharing my screen here so we could kind of walk through some of this stuff because they I'll, I'll give them kudos where kudos is due. They are very well prepared for this. They mm-hmm. have, I think, all the necessary information on their website. It's not like overwhelming. Um, I mean, granted, like there's some sections that are like very lawyer speak and, and that's fine. Um, yeah. But there's plenty of clear language and verbiage on here that makes it very understandable why this is happening and and whoever put that stuff together. I mean, not that they're listening to screen speak, but maybe they are. Um, I think, I thank them. I thank them for uh, doing a good job and putting that out there because so many times when stuff like this happens and someone that's maybe a non-union member just wants to understand it better, they could just get overwhelmed by all the nuance and the complexities. And I think they've done a great job so far at keeping it simple. Um, Mm -hmm. And really the bottom line for why the hell this strike is happening from the SAG after point of view, as you said, Sophia, it's similar to the writers Um, mainly number one, they couldn't reach an agreement on their new three-year contract that covers TV and movies. So similar to the writers in that respect. Um, definitely having some issues with the regulating use and protection from artificial intelligence. And then you have your overall increase in compensation to combat inflation that has largely been uh, brought on by streamers that don't share profits from their subscription models. Uh, they also don't even share clear data. I know we talked about that last time. Like we have no idea what the viewership on this. So the residuals model just doesn't even work anymore, uh, from how it had worked before. Um, and so I just think the bottom line is that the SAG after people, they're looking for fair compensation that is more 
um, more in today, more in line with today's business model with how entertainment is digested from people. Uh, and they, you know, and in my opinion, I think they deserve it. I don't know if they deserve every little thing as they have outlined on there. Cause they're going to have to, in any negotiation, there's some places where they won't get what they want. But, um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about as far as their sort of similarities to the writers is I, I got to touch on the artificial intelligence thing. Yeah. Now, I don't know how much you know about like why the actors are kind of up in arms about it right now, but I'll just blanketly say it right now and then we'll, we'll see what you think. So if you haven't heard this and this is for the listeners out there too, the reason why actors, as far as I can tell, are pretty up in arms against artificial intelligence is because of the, the background actor argument is what I'm just going to call it. So a background actor used to be known as an extra. They sort of changed the terminology because extra kind of sounded a little demeaning to those people that would get a livelihood essentially off of jumping yeah. from job to job and, and providing that sort of work. So, you know, the people that are in the background of like a baseball game or, you know, they're in a crowd or something like that, unless it's like Lord of the Rings, CGI army stuff where it's like a bunch of orcs, you're, you're probably going to have yeah. real people, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the scare that the studios are kind of putting on to those working class actors on there is they're trying to say, okay, here's what we're wanting to do now. Let's say we're making a movie and it has a baseball game like I had used before as an analogy. And instead of having you come on for a couple of days work for however long we're doing the shoot, we're going to have you come on for not even a full day. We're, we're going to have you come on for half a day and only give you half a day's pay. We're going to do a complete digital scan of not only uh, your image and likeness, but also your voice. And our AI models are basically going to replicate you. And then what will happen is, is that not only do we not have to pay you for the rest of the duration of this shoot that you could have been a part of without this, but we also will own your likeness in perpetuity, which perpetuity means forever. So essentially that means is that great. You get a shit day's pay for a little bit of work on one job. And now I may as well be foregoing future work because now they that you know universal or whoever it is now owns my image and likeness so they 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 don't need to hire me because they can just clone me and put me in like 10 different movies now obviously that's just for the background actor but the scare i think that comes from that is going beyond that it's like what's to stop this from evolving to eventually you know supporting performances or even lead performances in movies i mean I, what do you, what do you think so far about that as soon as you started describing the like half days pay, come in, scan your likeness, I was about to ask if they like hold on to your likeness in perpetuity. Oh, and yeah, they it, sure do. Like, that <clears throat> is the most black mirror thing I have ever heard. But it also kind of beyond just the complete and utter outrage, I feel at being at the thought of someone's likeness being able to be used and modeled and everything like that without them receiving any compensation. I feel like there's a lot of questions in that too of, you know, if you sign up as an extra a background actor, sorry, if you sign up as a background mm -hmm. actor to be in a baseball scene, you are saying, I know what scene I'm in. I understand what's happening here. It feels really squiggy to be like, you know, I have, I own your likeness so I can apply you to any situation that I want. Mm -hmm. You know, that feels like that crosses not even just the money line of it, but a weird ethics line clearly these companies don't give a shit about ethics we, they've proven that over and over again but 
it seems to cross a really weird line that way too that I don't like the precedent of. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my other thought with the whole AI situation um, in the episode, the podcast episode that I was listening to, they were talking about how it was used in some cases for actors who have passed away. Like they gave the, a reference to yeah. I guess Carrie Fisher was in some star Wars thing. Yeah. Rogue one. I've never seen it. Okay. Um, well, Ro- was- Rogue One, or you could, or you could argue the uh, the uh, it's the last of the the shitty trilogy, the Rise of Skywalker. That's it. Okay. Yeah, because she that. she had since passed away from that, and they had use implored some early uses of AI technology, mm-hmm. and and also for that matter, just in the subject of Star Wars, because uh, I actually weirdly enough recently rewatched uh, Rogue One. I hadn't, mm-hmm. I just hadn't seen it in a while. And I always felt uncomfortable and honestly still do of the fact that they brought back actor Peter Cushing to play Grand Moff Tarkin, who's long been dead, like yeah. long been dead. And they they used him to not only just kind of like it wasn't just a cameo. It's like he has scenes like in dialogue where he's speaking. And I'm like, you're like, that's not real. Yeah, it it feels <clears throat> very it feels very exploitative to take someone yeah. who's long been dead. May you may or may not be consulting with this person's estate because yeah. might take the, might take the route that like you own their likeness. So who cares? I can mm-hmm. put him in whatever situation I want. It, that freaks me out so much just on yeah. so many levels for kind of any actor who is forced to go through that model. Like you are just getting the worst end of the stick and yeah. who knows, who knows how far, it'll it'll go with it well and, and like you have to be careful with this stuff too because the, the what from what it sounds like from what the studios are doing they don't really even want the actor whoever they're scanning or whatnot to even really have much of a say as far as not only the payout of what they're getting for their performance but like what they're going to do going forward with that image and, and scan and likeness of them and whatnot like like Harrison Ford recently, of course, they de-aged the shit out of him in the <laughs> Indiana Jones movie. But so that's funny. but that but 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 that's a different situation though, because yeah. he had full like buy-in for that. He knew what it was for. It wasn't something where like, you know, he's at a point in his career where it's like, oh, they're gonna, you know, clone Harrison Ford and use him in 20 movies. Like, no, like he's yeah. he's 80. Like he understood what was going on and they leveled with him and they and they were on the same page with this. This is not that. This is this yeah. is like basically being able to say we're going to take you and then recreate future performances out of you before you even are actually giving them, which then exactly. it makes the argument be like, is it even a performance? I I was thinking about that, too, because like watching Indiana Jones. So you have seen Indy 5. I have seen it. I have seen okay. it. I'll be real honest. This yeah, is you a can. digression. I didn't know what was happening and I did fall asleep for a while and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just like, there was so much happening in that movie and it was very, it was, it required a really heavy level of suspension of disbelief. Like (laughs) there was so, so many plot holes. Anyway, back on track. Um, the DH Harrison Ford, it was so like uncanny valley, like looking at him. There was a few moments where it was, good like for sure i mean like like, there's a few moments where i'm like okay like if he wasn't moving right now this looks pretty good but then like if he starts to move too much and also well 
Also, I, I haven't heard them blatantly say this, but I almost guarantee they purposely did that entire sequence at night to keep the cost down for that. Because I, I imagine it would have been a hell of a lot more noticeable if that was during day. Oh, yeah. Like with shadowing and everything. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Because like when it's nighttime, you can kind of cut corners a little bit because because it's darker. Um, You know, it's it's harder to see. So I think they yep. did that purposefully. And that the fact that it's I... on a train, so it's like moving really fast. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but... But I mean, I guess back to your original question, it's looking at something like that and kind of using the Harrison Ford de-aging as the model. I think if mm. I were to watch an entire movie of a de-aged person or an entire movie of somebody's facial features be like being modified to fit the movie that I'm watching yeah, to mm. create a new performance out of something else, it would be noticeable. It would sure. be like... You might not recognize it initially, but it'd be mm-hmm. something about it that you're like, this isn't right. This isn't a, this isn't a real person that I'm looking at. I feel yeah. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't want to engage with this media anymore. I don't want to watch. My my thought around just technology being used in films, and this includes artificial intelligence for that matter. This could also include like VFX, any type of computer effects, anything that's basically not human, right? Yeah. I'll give you my just kind of bottom line blanket statement on this, and I think it kind of covers a lot of the different thoughts uh, that people would have on this. Um, I feel like this. Okay, here it comes. I'm ready. So I am not anti-technology by any means. I mean, even with artificial intelligence, I don't know if you even saw, I I did an episode where I had a whole interview with AI. Wild stuff. (laughs) But it's, it's fascinating. It intrigues me. I do get excited about the possibilities that it can bring us from a efficiency standpoint, from an ingenuity standpoint where it can kind of take the human right mm-hmm. now, when it comes to movies as if a, if a computer effect or even artificial intelligence, a de-aging thing, like if, if that is done to serve the story and this is the key point, not taking something away from the performer the human like taking away the actual artistry that the person employs i'm fine like you want to do some blue screens uh you want to put in some fancy explosions you want to change somebody's voice you know if like the performer's okay with that you want to do something like that fine i'm not saying it's always right for the correct story but if you want to do that i don't have a problem but where i have a problem is is when you implore technology and take it to the point where you are removing the artist from what they are producing and that I am not okay with in any extent whatsoever. I actually, you know, I think a a really good example of this, and I was, I was going to talk about this at some point. So yesterday uh, I took Isola to go see the movie Oppenheimer, the Chris Nolan. Yeah. No spoilers. Don't worry. Um, I took her to see that. And if you've been following the press for that movie or even looking at it, you'll know that Chris Nolan is one of the, I mean, he's a true art tour, but he's one of those people that just is insistent upon real, 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 as real as it can get. And I'm, yeah, and, I, and I'm just, I'm just so happy that a movie like that is, is I think, I think it's doing well. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it's doing well. Um, but you watch that movie; it's hard to imagine them trying to even do something like that with non-performers. Like if they like put in somebody there digitally or something, like the movie just doesn't work. And people, the audience are smart enough to see that, 
a real performance is a real performance and it's infinitely going to be a million times more special than anything a computer is going to produce. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, I guess what I'm just trying to say is, is like, like this stuff does not have a a place to replace the performer. It, it, It should not, it shouldn't even be in the ring. Like, I don't even know why, like, it's, it's actually like really hard for me to understand, like why there's even people that want to entertain this. It's not about just like being efficient, right? Like art is sometimes not meant to be always the most efficient thing in the world. If the performer is being authentic and true, like, I, I I don't even know if that's making sense. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And then on the other side of it too, it's, it kind of makes you think like, what do they think they being the studio heads will say AMPTP broadly. What do they think of their consumers? Like, do do they actually hate their consumers? Because ticket sales have been plummeting for a while now. COVID with the exception of the, with the exception of this weekend with Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. I'm all but for it. I'm all for I, it. No, it's like that in and of itself is a stamp, like fantastic. I'm so happy to see like the amount of excitement that people have for going to the movies and the amount of excitement yeah. and energy double, and double features. It's incredible. And but I like, hang on, just sorry, real yes. quick, because I, I have to throw this in here for Barbenheimer yes. because I, I could quite literally get it like on a rooftop and shout it. I'm so happy about it. Yeah. But Barbenheimer is a case and point of one of the things I love about creatives when it's done correctly. Mm-hmm. They are helping each other out. Them yeah. opening at the same time is not an opposition. It helps both of them. It's fun. Yeah. It's a fun story. They're complete opposites. They both have immense talent behind it, but they're not hurting each other. They're building from each other. Uh, they mm-hmm. they can cross market each other and it doesn't hurt anything. It's exactly. amazing. The amount of interviews I've seen from both movies of people being like, hell yes, go see both. Like, yes. And and, and and that's the thing, like, they're not trying to say, yeah, they're not trying to say, like, well, don't go, don't go see Oppenheimer, go only see Barbie. No, go see it, like, support artists. Yeah, they're all like, yeah, go from one theater to the next, wear your outfits and change outfits in between, like, go see both of them. And I absolutely adore that that's, that's what's being I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. And also, like, that's what, like, that's the dream, honestly, for, like, a theater is you want that crowded marketplace where Mm -hmm. it's fun to have, like, there be, like, that tough decision of, like, man, there's, like, five amazing movies that are out right now. Which one do I go see first? Yeah, exactly. That's what we want. Exactly. Exactly. And then to go back to what I was saying before is just, like, it's, it's like the theaters actively hate their consumers. Not the theaters. Well, the, the, stu- theaters. the studios. The studios. The studios. The studios actively yeah. hate their consumers. If you're just taking away all of, you're taking away the creativity and the magic of something like Barbie or Oppenheimer, like where there's so much creative talent and people have such an emotional connection to the actors that they're seeing, yeah. <clears throat> they're just they're just squashing it with the idea of AI. And if they implement it more fully, yeah. it's just like, all right, you know, here's some slop that we put together. It doesn't look great. Yeah. But the AI, yeah, you know, the AI like, thing is, I think so where I'm really stuck on because it's not going to be the first time or the last that a, you know, a workforce comes together and wants greater pay. I mean, yeah. of course, like I'm not trying to undercut or discount the severity of the money that they're making. Of course, that's important. Right. Yeah. And, and Fran Drescher put it very well. 
the contract that has in, been put in place and the one that keeps kind of getting like tinkered and and renewed or kind of uh, adjusted, which she, to great effect, says that wonderful line of like, what are we doing? Moving furniture around in the Titanic? We're not going to keep doing incremental changes on a contract that no longer honors what is happening right now with this business model that was foisted upon us? What are we doing? Moving around furniture on the Titanic? Fantastic way of putting that because it's like the entire model has changed and these big studios are refusing to just be with the times and be with the reality of how entertainment is digested now. Um, I'm trying to think what my point was with that. What the God, what the hell hell were you just saying? I I, I lost. I'm not going to lie. Barbie. No, I I, I actually, I really want to see Barbie. I I do. I just like, I, I, I had to make a choice. I didn't have time to see both of them and, and I wanted to, but I, you know, I, I love Chris Nolan. Um, I'll you just, I'll just say this very shortly. Cause I, I do have a podcast that I will be doing on Oppenheimer. Um, uh, but okay. to put it just in one sentence, go see that movie. I, I need to see it. I need to see it. So fantastic. Bad. I, fantastic. I need to see it so bad. I, need to see it so bad. I still haven't seen asteroid city either. I haven't seen it. Yeah, though I though I I might be in the minority on this. I've never been like crazy Wes Anderson like fan. Like I, I, I he's a very eclectic person to say the yeah. least. He has a very particular style in his films, and and like I mean, he always gets like the A list of the A list to be in his movies, yeah. which which is great. But I've just never. I don't know. Like there just hasn't been like a, a many movies of his where I'm like, oh my god, like that's like incredible for me though, though i do like some um i i can say i feel like one that doesn't get enough credit is moonrise kingdom i always Thank really you. really like that movie one. and i feel like nobody talks about that one but it's it's fantastic one. um one okay so something else i wanted to talk about on the strikes here is just being really clear about the effects that this has and i'm not, I'm not just talking about like on the people that obviously can't work and and the restrictions on that though i do want to get to some of that because there's been a lot of questions out there in the air of like well what can i do or what can't i do to show support on this because it's in some cases it's kind of tricky even in the podcasting world they have uh um, faq on like what podcasters can do yeah yeah so there's there's stuff with that but I just want to convey to the general public here that maybe doesn't understand this. The WGA thing, maybe you didn't notice the effect on that just yet. You know, you're just like, okay, yeah, the writers are striking and they want more money and yeah, AI sucks and blah, blah, blah. When you throw SAG into this, it not only takes the writer strike, but it just amplifies that energy and volume to the point now where big movies that are in production right now, they're either going to be indefinitely put on halt or it's uh, or it's possible they just straight up get canceled because they don't have the resources to to film because you have people that aren't working. So I know like right now, mm-hmm. Deadpool three, which a lot of people are really hyped for, that's totally on pause right now. Um, can't like they can't do it. Um, same deal with Gladiator two. Um, the new the the last of the Mission Impossible movies, Dead Reckoning part two. That's that's delayed right now. Um, really? Well, I'm yeah, like, they didn't uh, the, shoot it all at once, and then yeah, I don't know why they I don't know why they didn't do that. Except Tom Cruise probably wants to go to space in the final one, or I I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, he, he always goes go to space. Yeah, I mean, he 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 goes big. He goes big. Okay. Um, but I just think it's important that the average the average consumer and general audience member understands that a lot of these big movies that you're looking forward to, they 
probably aren't going to come out for some time until this thing gets resolved. I know Warner Brothers already put out a statement saying that Dune 2, which a lot of people are looking forward to, is likely going to get pushed to next year because they can't do any promotion or PR for the movie because of this stuff. And obviously that makes a big deal on the ticket sales is all Mm -hmm. the hype and everything that leads up before it. Um, It just... The, the the effects that this thing is going to have, I think it's like it's pretty detrimental and it's going like we're going to be feeling it not just as audience, but the people working are going to be feeling the impacts of this very soon, apart from them hurting for money. Um, but I'm also trying to stay encouraged too, and just understand that this is a pivotal strike. And if they as as Fran Drescher has said, like if they if they don't do it now it's just going to be something that's inevitable. Like, like this, mm-hmm. I feel like was destined to happen and it's going to be painful. It's going to suck. It may change certain things, but I mean, the most but meaningful types of change. Yeah. I mean, the most meaningful types of change happen through pain and, and struggles and strife and, and hard times. And I think as hard as this is, it's like, you got to think not just about the actors and performers working now, but the future generations of them. Like the mm-hmm. people that are coming up behind us, as they say, like the you know Gen Zs and whatever the hell is behind us. Like yeah. you have to, you have to think of them. Like this affects their future, not just the people right now. So, anyways, I guess what I, where I was trying to go with that rant is that I'm just happy that they have the support that they are having right now. Um, I myself, I'm probably going to start posting some more stuff about it too because I, I I realize I don't have an influencer voice, uh, but I have a little bit of a pocket and I think I can still put some support out there and, and help make a difference for those. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I I want to show you, Sophia, I was going to share my screen with you. Um, Thought it would be fun for the audience. If we look through some of the SAG after stuff that's out there. So you can kind of give some colorful commentary to some of this stuff. So (laughs) Okay, let's see. Of, uh, and I guess maybe it'll come up in the SAG after thing. The most interesting thing so far, I think, to see coming out <clears> of this <throat> is the publicity end that you were just talking about. Yeah. And sometimes, okay, I just redownloaded TikTok after seeing the Beyonce show because I wanted to see videos. You know how it goes. And there was this person who came up on my feed. I Colin, I think his name is. I I never heard of this person. Mm-hmm. And he was going on this whole rant about how he had been reached out to by some producer and how the producer wanted him to, they wanted him to star in this thing. And they listed out all of these details, everything. And he looked directly to camera and was like, yeah, I know that the right, that the actors are on strike right now. I don't care. I will do this to get me. I I see exactly. That was my exact reaction. I was like, you are kidding me. And he went on and was like, you know, the name, the word scab is really derogatory. I hate that people are saying that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, so that, but that's just like objectively what it, that word is (laughs) when you cross the line like that. It's um... not derogatory. That's just a word. And then he, it was so insane because he had probably three or four videos explaining his reason he reasoning and it was just the most insane thing to see someone just implode their career like that because people yeah. were making videos mm-hmm. after that and they were like dude no one will work with you because you publicly yeah. stated that you were crossing the picket line that is and insane sag and and we're gonna take a look at this in a second it's funny oh sorry i i can't hear you oh no you're good that was it uh hang on i there's like a delay or something happening 
um, good. no, it's just it's funny you talk about the because I'm sure there are people I have not I haven't followed that side of the strike stuff so much of like the people that are just like yeah screw it I'm gonna take on jobs uh, the hell with my you know <laughs> the the fellow yeah, people that are struggling for this. Um, the SAG actually, and this is something we'll talk about on here. They have, you can see my screen, can't you? Yep. You see this? They have a section here, report strike breaking. And they have clear stuff on their website that talks about basically what's going to happen if we see your, you know, crossing that picket line. (laughs) Not, not good. Uh, not good. But I wanted to show, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's what you have to do. Like, it's it's one thing to, you know, have people on TikTok being like, hey, man, you're an idiot. What are you mm-hmm. doing? But then it's another to have the actual SAG after I be like, yeah, you know, all of these directors that you love and you think you're going to be able to work with, they will not work with you because they yeah. see you on a list because you just blatantly broke, like crossed the picket line. It's true. Oh, my God. So you see, can you see this? Yes. Okay, so what I have up here, everybody, is I have the official SAG after negotiation status document uh, published July 13th of 2023. Um, we looked at a similar document, Sophia, you and I did when the WGA was doing their strike. It was kind of a side by side column where it shows like what they were proposing, what the AMPTP was saying. What mm-hmm. I find really interesting about this, and and I can send this to you after, or you can look it up yourself, but I find it interesting that they actually put a statement here first. It's before you even get into the side-by-side, and I've read all this, and it really just kind of breaks down, simply put, basically saying, hey, viewer that's looking at this, if you choose not to look through the complicated lawyer speak on pages like 4 through 12, read the first Mm -hmm. three pages because you're going to see exactly what the bottom line of this whole fight is all about. Um, So I really find that actually very very, very interesting. They clearly label on this that they're talking about the minimum earnings being increased to keep up with inflation. Uh, They talk about, obviously, the concerns that they have with artificial intelligence, and they give more clarity to what the AMPTP is actually saying, as opposed to just saying, like, rejected or declined the offer, like they're showing a little bit of statements that they've made. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And they also say right down here at the bottom, look at this transparency good um but if you look at this and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go through all this because we just don't have the time but if you look through this it talks about you know minimum increases it talks about where the amptp is saying for their counters there's unfortunately a lot of spots where it's just rejected or no your offer sucks that's stupid blah 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 um they're pretty far apart on a lot of this stuff. I'll just kind of in a nutshell, tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they're balancing both that they're giving it in pretty like standard language, but then they're also doing like they did for the writer strike where it was a direct side by side comparison. I think it's super, super, super valuable to have, to have it set up in both ways. Like you need to, mm-hmm. your readers need to understand what's going on. Well, if, if anyone out there that's listening wants to understand better what's going on, visit sagafterastrike.org. Again, that's sagafterastrike.org. So I'm sharing the screen with Sophia right now so she can see the official website. But this is kind of what I was talking about earlier, where I'm, I'm really impressed with their efforts on just keeping this simple and not overwhelming. Like even this mm-hmm. homepage is just saying, bam, we're on strike. Act now. 
Um, it talks about right here where it's like, yeah, you want to see what the latest argument is click here and you get that, uh, 14 page document that has the side by side. Right. Mm -hmm. And then over here, you got the picket calendar. So they're clearly organizing their efforts of showing where they're going to be picketing, when it's going to happen, how many people are going to be there, blah, blah, blah. They also have a, a contact center just for this strike. And I believe it's open 24 hours a day. So anybody that is either a union member or a non-union member can um, can call in anytime and ask questions and, and get stuff answered outside of what's on the website. So I think that's awesome. That's so nice. And then check this out. They actually have a social media toolkit on here that has oh, okay. sample posts that they would recommend you using to go ahead and kind of articulate some of the stuff. Even some of it's in different languages, too. I think this is Spanish. I want to say it I'm not Spanish. 100%. Not 100% fair, but um, <laughs> then you have like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook profile pictures that you can download and replace on there. They have Instagram story stuff like it's it's really, really well put together. And then I actually like this. I'm probably going to fill this out. Um, maybe not today, but soon they have a thing I can put here to basically, if I fill this out, I'm like publicly putting my support that like my podcast is in support of you guys and like what you're mm -hmm. doing and they can like mm -hmm. use it for future communications and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm going to fill that out because that seems like a good thing to do. That's and then they cute. have FAQs. They have FAQs for yeah. the members about the non-members. You see, they got the section here for podcasters, which I have looked over that because I like, even though I'm not in the union, I want to make sure that I'm you're not doing anything. Yeah. What's that? That you're above board and everything like that. Yeah, I just I, I want to make sure that what I'm doing, you know, granted that I'm not on that influencer level, but I have been podcasting since 2021. I know I have a listener base, so I want to make sure that I'm not doing anything that's going to be in jeopardy in the grand scheme of things with what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, I just, I, if, you know, for Sophia and the people that are listening to this, check out their website, sagafterstrike.org and, and just really kind of look into it because it's going to just pretty much spell out very clearly what the hell is going on and, and how we can do more to, to help with that. So. Yeah. What did you learn from looking at the podcaster guidelines? Were, like, were, uh, were there anything super specific that you're like, oh, got to readjust what I do? Um, Not, I mean, like, I think if I was on a higher level, I would have to adjust certain things. Like, one mm -hmm. of the first questions that they talk about on there is, like, just A, as a podcaster, are you able to appear on, like, podcasts, you know, talking about movies and stuff like that? Um, you can still appear on podcasts and whatnot, but what's not allowed is like, I can't, I couldn't have like any union member that's, uh, an actor or writer be a guest on my podcast to talk about, um, any, any promotional work of, of work that's considered struck, which is, you know, something that they're trying to actively strike against. Yeah. Um, they also wouldn't be able to be on my podcast to, um, talk about like promotional stuff of things they've done in the past. So that certainly could be a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, they have some language in here about like rewatch or companion podcasts, you know, cause if you're talking about like older oh, work, yeah. like where's the line of like, you know, what you can talk about and can't, um, and then I'm trying to think they had something. Yeah. So they have a section on here. And this is actually where I was going to bring up the scab point. So there's a question here that says, how does all of this apply to me if I'm a non-union podcaster? And I'm just going to read yeah. what they say right here. 
So it says any non-member that's seeking future membership in SAG-AFTRA who performs covered work or services for a struck company during the strike will not be admitted into membership in SAG-AFTRA. So simply Don't. put, if I violate a bunch of stuff, I if I ever wanted to become a part of the union, they would not let me. And obviously that would hurt, you know, potential jobs and things like that in the future should i ever yeah and and i don't know if like i would ever eventually become part of that because like i don't know if like where podcasts quite fit into the union though clearly they have language and stuff around them because they know how many are out there Mm -hmm. um so i don't know but i i can just tell you right now even though i'm not a union member i'm just a complete devoted not just fan but i just i i'm a true believer i think of arts film entertainment and i i mean it means everything to me like no, yeah it, it does i mean like this podcast means everything to me movies obviously mean uh a great deal to me and i just i i i'm like i try to imagine like even i don't want to get emotional but like i i try to imagine what my life would be like without some of these seminal films that i've seen in my life that have shaped my worldviews and just inspired me and and you know sometimes get you through tough times and things like that and all of that's done through the the tireless efforts of the performers and not just the performers but obviously the the people that put it together and it's like i just i love this industry too much to stand on the sidelines when some serious shit like this is happening like th- this mm-hmm. has that like this is the time like let, let's let's fucking fight <laughs> so. yeah exactly well and that's the important stance to take <clears throat> with it because i feel like so many people and i think it kind of first came out with the writer strike so many people were finally confronted with just how much effort goes into the things that they love and just how much effort and yeah. energy and time and work create something that they kind of take for granted. You know, you come home from work, turn on whatever sure. and just start watching. And well, not, sorry, it's the same ahead. thing. It's the same thing. No, it's, I was just going to say, it's the same thing with the actors too. Like if you want to enjoy these incredible stories, if you want to be moved by somebody else's art, like there's a person behind it. There's yeah. money behind it. There's livelihoods behind it. You know, it's, you you can enjoy the things that you love without understanding where it's coming from and then supporting those people behind it. And it just kind of blows my mind when people kind of blow it off and they're like, oh, well, the actors are actors. They're getting paid a ton of money. It doesn't matter. It's no, like, no, they're, no, they're not. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'll shut that shit down right now because yeah. I, I had a conversation with someone about uh, someone recently and like we talked. Why can't I say this? I had a conversation with someone recently. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and they kind of gave me that generalist attitude of like, ah, like, why is Brad Pitt need more money? Like, screw him. Like he has a mansion yeah. in Malibu and I'm like, okay, you know, you have to like really kind of watch yourself on this. Cause it's hard not to let the anger sometimes <laughs> yeah. uh, reach the surface. <laughs> not every actor is Brad Pitt. Like, I hate to break it to you. There are plenty of. Well, there's plenty of people and, and it's more than just, again, it's more than just the the movie space as well. Actors don't just work in movies. They work in television. They work on Broadway. They work off Broadway. There are voiceover actors. There's motion capture or performance capture people, which um, sadly on that, that, that's actually something I read in all the, all the, what am I trying to say in the negotiation language? There is a spot there where they said they finally want people like an Andy circus who has, you know, played Gollum and stuff like that to be considered like 
having that be a performance. Like that is performative work. It is art, and they just flat out rejected it. Was it before? It wasn't considered a real like actor before. Um, if you, I, I probably don't have the time to get into it on on this, but I, I promise, if you look it up, there's still debate going today over whether or not someone doing either you you can call it motion capture work because sometimes you know it's not like a performance it's just like physical body work like they do it all the yeah. time in video games you know um mm-hmm. versus like actual you know performance capture work where they do have like the you know all the dots on the face and it they does. are taking the the emotions and putting it into a a computer animated thing there are certain people that don't feel that that's actually like true acting uh to that <laughs> i just say my hair yeah, no, to that I say you're full of shit. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like I've seen the videos um, of Andy Circus working and it's like you cannot yeah. like look at me in my two eyes and tell me that that man is not working his ass off. Yeah, and and the and thankfully the the people that are making the movies, they've gotten better at this of doing like the side by sides of showing like what it looks like when he has the mm-hmm. dots on versus what it looks like once Weta Digital or whatever animator comes in and touches it up, but the performance is clearly there. Like yeah. it's clearly there. Like the animators don't get that without the actor. It is absolutely mm-hmm. an art. It is absolutely a performance. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, if I had more time, I would go down the rabbit hole on that one too. Cause it's, it's absolutely acting and art. Like it's also tons of physical choreography done to get, to be able to do that too. Yeah. I mean, like just, yeah, it just, it, piss, it pisses me off, pisses me off. I get mad. <laughs> That's, uh, oh man. I did not know that that was even. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think that argument has been as loud as it has been in years yeah. past. Cause I think. I think the average person, whether it's like myself or you, um, most the average viewer would probably look at that as being that. But then it's always kind of a tr- an argument when you get to like award season and you're like, well, when we're you know putting together our short list of best actors and stuff, can we really say that, you know, the motion capture performance capture people did it? How much of that was the computer artist that made them look good? Like there's there's always that tug of war battle on that and i i don't know I, I i don't understand why people can't see past some of that stuff but that's that's just me it's just me sophia um oh i think i think you can turn your camera back on because i i'm not okay. sharing my screen we'll see if this this works okay if it starts to lag again let me know i can turn it back off no you're good yep nice. yep that's fine now um, I feel like I was like rambling a lot for this episode. I wasn't no, as that's okay. wasn't as wasn't as put together. But you know, truth be told, the the misses and I were gonna be floating on a boat later today. That's actually why I'm wearing a sun shirt. I got swim trunks on and stuff. I was gonna, gonna say be... you're wearing pretty pretty wild pants if you weren't. Uh, yeah, no, it's like trunks. you know, swim trunks. For the people listening, he's wearing uh, bright palm trees. Looks yes. like there's some fish in there. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely true. But no, I just I I had a lot of thoughts that I wanted to get out on this and some of it maybe it wasn't the most put together and whatnot. But if this one comes off, I guess, more of an emotional rant on this and then, then so be it, because I just I feel I feel very strongly about this. And if you're listening to this and don't have an opinion or just kind of like, eh, like, you know, let it sort itself out. I don't know. I, I would get an opinion. I, I would not stay silent about this. Like if you love 
if you love movies, you love, I mean, television, I, I don't give a shit what you love. If you love art in any sort of form, you should not stay silent on this. This is something mm-hmm. that as people say in certain other pivotal moments in history, you want to be on the right side of history. A hundred percent. And it's kind of the same thing we talked about with the writer's strike of just take five minutes, go through their website, read up the, on their demands and see exactly yeah. what people are asking and not just way to sway opinion, but I feel like you'll, understand where we're coming from on the side of like we are with the writers we are with the actors yeah it it just it it just doesn't make sense why these things aren't being you know some you know something i just thought of and i'll see if i can articulate this and have it make sense i i think i will um you know i had never be honest before this strike i had never looked that deeply into you know, entertainment unions or let alone unions that much. Like this has been an education mm-hmm. to, to learn about a lot of these union practices and just really what they do. I, I really yeah. never thought I'd even be a person that was like, you know, pro union or just kind of understanding the importance of this. But a thought that comes to my mind for this is for actors, writers, you know, people that are working in this industry, you know, a lot of people understand that this is a gig based economy, as they kind of call it, where you're, you know, you're jumping from job to job to job. And I don't want, I don't want the industry to go back to that point where we've all heard this cliche before, where it's like, you have to, you know, work 80 hours a week and have like three part-time jobs, busting tables till you get your big break. Like, People that have talent to share, whether that's in front of the camera or behind, I don't want them to feel that financial pressure that they have to slave away for God knows how long and be fucking miserable um, when when there's money out there to be had to better compensate and back them to produce the art that they love and, and and can bring to other people to enrich their lives. And, and like, I think about someone like myself, I've had aspirations to get more involved with entertainment forever. And I think for a long, long time, I was sort of in denial about that voice in myself that I'm like, you know, this is just kind of crazy talk or like, it's, you know, that's Mm -hmm. just for people in California. Like that's just for people that, you know, can, can do it. Like that's, 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 uh, you can't get that dream. And I'm not saying I'm there now. I mean, I, I'm, I'm actively, pushing to to further this part of my life and I'll see where it goes. I'm doing that through my podcast right now, but mm-hmm. I just try to think like if there wasn't a union and there wasn't, you know, a strong voice out there that is talking about having there be livable wages for these people that are just they don't like like some people are meant to do this. It's like some people yeah. are meant to do this and I just think like if if by going through this strike there can be some good and fair contracts that are put together on this that benefits both sides. And most importantly, and this is my point, it could encourage just even one more person to not give up on their dream of becoming a working actor or performer or whatever in an industry. Like Mm -hmm. if this helps more people get encouraged to join and, and understand that there is a way to make a, a career out of this and not have to be scared about being able to make ends meet, then that's like, that's what I want this strike to do because I feel like there's a lot of people like myself that have been out there before that have kind of been on the sidelines that are like, well, I'd love to give more to art and do more of this stuff. But you know, I got kids to feed, I have a mortgage to get and everything like that. And I'm, I'm just so tired of 
talented people out there having to suffer when there are studio heads and executives and you know this sounds kind of like big business doesn't give a shit but look look at the numbers look at the bonuses that are going out to some of these these people that are at the top that claim that they give a shit i I don't know like it's just my, my my rant on this is almost done but it's like when i think of whatever studio exec i don't care if they're at netflix or amazon or you know paramount plus i don't give a shit if I hear somebody that gets at the end of their year a hundred million dollar bonus or something like that, I'm sorry, but what the fuck? Like, yeah, that, exactly. That now I don't know what they're doing with that money, but I guarantee you, most of them aren't exactly gonna write a big check out to a nonprofit or give it back to their to their staff to increase their things. I mean, I'm I know there's some yeah. that do that. There is, but. I don't know. Like to me, like that's just, that's just greed run rampant. That's like, just, it's disgusting. If I, and maybe it's just cause I, I was, I never grew up rich and I, I, I it's just like, I'm struggling for words right now, Sophia, because it's like, I just don't even, if I had that much money given to me, I don't even know how the hell in good conscience I could just be like, great. going to put that in the bank. That should tide me over for a couple months. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? Exactly. Exactly. It's people should be able to, like you were saying, people should be able to follow their passions and they shouldn't have somebody else's complete, complete greed, like take that away from them. It's no. like, who? It's the, just, I, you, know, you couldn't even spend that much money in your life. I mean, I shouldn't say that in, in, in this country, you, you can, you can spend that money. You can buy some stupid shit, but yeah. I just. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'll ever be in the position where somebody gives me that kind of money, you know, whether it's for hard work done or a bonus, I, I probably will never be there, but I don't know. I mean, it's like, where the hell are your values? Like where the hell, like, I don't know. I just, I'd like to think if I was in a position like that, I mean, one, I wouldn't have no big mansion and multiple homes and and doing all this shit. I mean, I'd probably have a nice house. I'm not going to lie. If I had a lot of money, I'm going to get a nice house, but, (laughs) but at the same time, but at the same time, I mean, I, I just, I respect people that work hard and have talent to give. I mean, like, and if I, if I got that kind of money back, I'd be like, you know what? Like, sure. Maybe I'll keep like 10 million myself and have like a, you know, buy some badass thing and then take this yeah. 90 million. And guess what? I'm going to divvy this up amongst the team and, and take care yeah. of them. Because to me, like my rant's almost done to me. That's what real leadership is, is you, you are not there without the people that build you up to get you there. If you don't take care of them, they ain't going to take care of you. Like, it's just plain and simple like that. You have to have some ethics and and morals, for God's sakes, to to be able to be a leader. And and I don't know if maybe just some of the leadership in these studios are just so blinded by, you know, money and all this shit. But, yeah, I just if I if I sound frustrated and just pissed, it's because it's because I am so. That was honestly you said you were ranting and rambling, but I thought it was very beautifully said like that. All these studio heads, all of these CEOs of these big streaming platforms, that's not leadership to hoard it all for yourself. No. And if you think that that's what it is, like just a race to the top, you're, step- you're just crushing the people underneath you. And that, I'm glad. I'm glad, you do that my, 
I'm glad in my own life. I mean, I can't say I've had this a lot, but I I have had a few leaders in my life that have asked me the very simple question of just what, like, you know, like if you're having like a coaching session with somebody or something like that, it's always usually a good sign when your leader either at the beginning or the end of it just says, what can I do to better serve you? Yeah. That's simple. I mean, nobody wants to work for an entity or produce something for someone if they're not going to have their efforts be taken seriously and and paid out fairly. And Mm -hmm. that's something I'm really big on, too. And I I don't even know if it's right, but the the transparency, I think, sometimes when it comes to money needs to be more publicly put out there. I mean, thankfully, you know, thankfully, we have some industries, I think, that do that. Like, I know. now maybe I'm mistaken on this, but I'm pretty sure like if I want to look up what a public school teacher makes in our in our county or something, I can look that up. I, I don't yeah. know if that's true. I think I, I know there are I'm certain sure industries. Right. Same with like police officers. I can look up what a police officer makes and things like that. And I just feel like there needs to be more of that, spe- especially with like within the entertainment industry as well. Like there should I should not have to guess and have this much freaking amb- ambiguity about like, well, like I, I think they're doing well or like, yeah, no, just come out with it and show your fucking year end earnings report yeah. and be like, this is what we made. This is our profit. This is what like, what's wrong with that? Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, not to open up another whole round of discussion. Yeah, fuck but it. Fuck the... it. Open up an, oh, just, yeah, I, I have a, my, my tactfulness. Like I, I kind of started this conversation. I'm like, you know, like I'm going to be reasonable. I'm not going to get yeah, angry. Like, you know? <laughs> nah, it's just like, it came out. Yeah. But it's the same thing with numbers. Show your numbers, make it a more transparent yeah. space in general, not just with earnings. How much are, how many viewers are you actually pulling in? What are your shows yeah. that are, being shown the most and not that you know one show should be completely prioritized over another but there just needs to be so much more transparency across the board to make this a more open a more open industry because it's operated for so long under this kind of cloud of secrecy where everyone's like well if you know you know if you're in you're in and it's like okay uh but Mm -hmm. now people are getting completely shit on yeah so it doesn't really work to have someone just in the know and having it, you know, that's, that's for our like personal information. No. I mean, the way, the way to me that a lot of this stuff should go, and I am probably, I'm probably sounding very generalist and possibly stupid right now, but we'll, we'll see, but that's up to you to decide screen speakers. Okay. Um, I just think like if, if a company, if you have a good year, you tell your people we had a good year, this is what we made. Here's what we're going to do with the profits. We're going to invest in future projects and work that you're doing. We're going to get more staff. We're going to give money to you. And yes, for the people that did bust their ass and do more, we'll give out some selective bonuses, but not something that's a fucking gargantuan burger of cash to to somebody yeah. that doesn't nearly need that much money. That's that's ridiculous. And then guess exactly. what? And, the, and then guess what? On the flip side of that, on the flip side of that, if you have a shit year, just come out with it and say it. Just be like, you know what, this year we hurt and we had to let go so-and-so people or we had to delay this project or that. But it's like respect your team, because if you think people don't like go behind closed doors or go at home and like have these types of conversations, you're crazy. You are insane. They're, They're like, give your fucking team some slack and understand that they're not as dumb as you might think they are. 
They they exactly. people get it. They're they're not stupid. Yeah. And they'll go even, and they'll I, God, I, rise I up against you. <laughs> What's that? And they'll they'll well like, they'll rise up against you. Like as we're seeing with the actors, they'll they will come out and they will stop. You know, yeah. if you well, and have you seen those com- have you seen those comments too, where they're just like, uh, of course, there's no names with these, which probably rightfully so, because some people would take it so far as like we're gonna find you at your house, man. <laughs> um, yeah. But have you seen the comments where they're just like, we're gonna bleed them out, like we're just gonna wait till they get evicted from their homes, like we're just gonna wait till they run out of money. Yeah. Yep. Like, Bob Jesus. Iger was. I don't know. Bob what, Iger oh, was God, grabbing what, what every what mic he could find and just saying the most vile. Oh no! What did what did he? I don't. I haven't looked at some of the stuff he said. What like? Do you know one of the things he said? It was. I'm gonna butcher the quote, but it was basically along the lines of like, we uh, don't care. We what kind of what you were saying of like we'll bleed you out. Like it's we have more than they do. Their demands are ridiculous. We we don't we don't care. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I like I I understand you know I'll, I'll say I'll I I'll say this and then I'll I'll start to wind this down because I'll I'll have to get off here soon to to get on a to get on I gotta get on a boat in the lake lake life <laughs> I guess I I kind of hate that it's on a Sunday though to to be honest because it's like it just sucks because yeah. I'll you know I'll go do my day job and I'll be tired but w- whatever um yeah. I'm trying to think what what was I gonna say because it, it was a really good point because you talked about Bob. Talked about Bobby, Bob Iger. Oh, Bob um, Iger. Um, Bleeding him uh, Waiting him out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got we it. Um, nice. Look, I, I'm not, I'm a realist. I understand that certain businesses, you're not there to make friends. You know, so, you know, certain positions, like you have to make those tough decisions on who you're going to hire, who you're going to fire who I'm going to give a pay raise to, who I'm not giving a pay raise to. I mean, there are difficult decisions that affect humans in business all the time. I, I, I get it. I'm not stupid. It's how things go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I also understand that you're going to have to have these people that, for lack of a better word, are killers. And they'll push past some of that. Ooh, like I have a family to support. Like they can push past some of that human you yeah. know guilt that gets thrown and they can see the greater picture of things and be like yeah like we're gonna have to make some really hard decisions that are gonna hurt people and sometimes that pushes people maybe into an c- uncomfortable place but it puts them into where they're meant to be so i just want to fully clear out the the words on this and just kind of put that out there because i'm not trying to just say oh kumbaya and just everybody holds hands you know let's just live in a communist society everybody makes the same everybody's like i'm not saying that i just be very clear but try to convince me or try to tell me that you cannot have big corporations that have ethically minded leaders behind them that are doing work that is fair and just and correct and 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 helping people prosper and helping businesses thrive like there is a way i mm-hmm. like i mean i i maybe i'm naive on this and i just you know it doesn't matter man like if you get to a ceo chain like you know you'll get that lamborghini you'll you'll, right. you'll just you'll become an asshole yeah i don't know i i'm gonna believe until proven until proven wrong that there is a way that you can still be a big shot so to speak and and do what's right and just do exactly. what's right. Yeah. It cannot be this hard. It cannot no. be. 
I mean, the same, the same thing that like, honestly, Sophia, the same thing could be said about politicians and I won't go down this rabbit hole, but the same thing could be said about politicians of like, it's super easy to say that all of them are scum. It's just a swamp. They mm-hmm. all are bullshit and bought for and bought and paid for by lobbyists and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm not dismissing that. It doesn't, it, that wouldn't get said if it wasn't true to a point because there are ones yeah. that do that. Hence why it gets said. But again, you don't if you don't have those people that are doing that and affecting change there's so many good things that do come from that it comes through struggle and a shitload of fighting and i, mean, I would have to have a lot of red bulls to get through it to be honest yeah, <laughs> yeah. i would just like and, yeah. i don't know some of those positions it's like the arguments that just kind of get thrown at and at you know just constantly i i can only honestly imagine sophia how fucking exhausting it would be to be at the table on these negotiations oh, for it'd be awful. Uh, like just, it would be the worst, the worst uh, thing in the world, the worst place. Yeah, but I I refuse to believe that we don't have people that have character that are gonna fight. You yeah. know, uh, I just yeah. This, this I kind of just ranted a lot, but whatever. No, but, and that's okay. Yeah, that's great. I got. I'm definitely gonna have to put the explicitive thing in this episode. <laughs> like, like I, I think I swore. Swore a few times. Yeah. Who, who cares? Listen, no, if you're listening to adults. adults, if they're if they're babies and they're too scared to listen to someone voice their feelings. I think I have both sides of the aisle. I got the Barbies and I have the Oppenheimers. I got the the I got both crowds that I think listen to this. <laughs> the amount of spectacular memes I've seen from Barbenheimer. It incredible. is nice. There, there have been some good ones. I've seen some clever outfits. I saw like a, a person go to a premiere and like they had like like half their outfit looks like it was burned in ash and like the other is like a pink neon thing. I'm like, that's cool. That's that's, that's pretty cool. cool. That's cool. Um, man. Okay. Do you uh, do you have any last words? Uh, you know, for this for this podcast. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, again, people that are listening. I mean, I I don't usually come off so like, God damn it, and like you know, getting mad. <laughs> But th- yeah, this is a passion episode, man. I, I don't know. Absolutely. Like, it's not always going to be clear. I let the feelings yeah. cut through on this one a little bit. I'll be more measured next time. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I'd say her final thoughts. Pretty simple. Support the actors, support workers who produce the art that you love. It's yeah. if you love this. Work, at the end, at the end of the day, there, there's not that much of a complication. You're either yeah. going to you either are going to support them and try to help figure out what they want and get it done fairly and and with what am i trying to say with the moral high ground and reasoning or i I don't know just spouting out some shit there um yeah like i mean at the end of the day it's that simple do you give a shit about this stuff or don't you yeah exactly to me if you care if you care you're gonna stand with them Mm -hmm. you know doesn't mean again i'll be clear on this too just because you stand with them, that doesn't mean that you're, you know, being completely oblivious to the studio. They, I'm sure, have a bottom line just like any other place does. So yeah. Yeah. my my final words on this would just be if you're going to stand with them, you know, use your social media, talk to people about this stuff, do your homework, do your research, but don't stay on the sidelines for this. And then, too, I know it's hard to, to like take the kind of high ground on this stuff, but understand that the AMPTP has people in it too. And I'm sure, you know, may, maybe there's like, you know, 80% scumbags and, and 20% are good, but there's still the 20%, yeah. 
you know? So just try to understand that there's humans on both sides of this fight. And that if you're going to have any sort of resolution to this, you need them. So I realize that might not be the populist thing. That definitely kind of sounds like kumbaya. Cause I'm trying to say like, well, don't like completely push them away. Yeah. But <laughs> shit, I'm just trying to be real. Like, it, what are you going to do if if you don't go through those studio systems and stuff? What are you going to do? Just release stuff on YouTube and hope that people will pay yeah. to see your stuff there. Like, good luck. Good luck. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So incredible. I don't, know. The whole <laughs> I don't know. Loved it. I think what I need yeah. now is I just need to go lay on a boat and, exactly. you know, you know, just Not soak in the it. sun. I have pretty bad yeah. case of farmer's tan right now. It's not good. Yeah, it's just pale, very pale. <laughs> you know, it's part of the summer. It's part of the summer. You got to have like a really intense farmer's tan, and if you don't, damn, that's embarrassing. I think so. What do you It'd have going more on the rest of the? Day? What do you have going on the rest of the day? I am reviewing a show tonight, so Ooh, who are you reviewing? Yeah. Let's go. I, I, First let's, aid let's, kit. Let, who is it? What? First aid kit. Okay, is this a is this a band? Yeah, they're this like Swedish, like I think they're sisters, like duo. Okay, they have an Instagram, socials, and all that. They do. They do. I'll plug. I'll plug them in this. I'll plug them in this episode. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Exactly. Um, No, they're good. They had an album that was super popular, like twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, kind of ish area. They've continued to release music, but um, I think that was kind of like their peak. I don't know. It's at the Palace, so it'll be fun. Hey, that's where I saw M eighty three. Shout out. I'm I'm actually looking up first aid sounds first aid kit right oh I think yes. I found it okay so my silver lining appears to be this popular song at number one on their thing yeah um interesting interesting yeah it looks like you said they're sisters that's the deal yes it's, okay. and they're Swedish Sweden. Swedish I'm looking many oh, I'm trying to find their albums here so oh they have a new album out right now the Palomino yep. Deluxe. Or it's a child of summer. Ooh. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Or Palomino. That that's right. what it is. Just Palomino. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like how many albums did they have? Looks like they started back in 2010. That's what I can see. Yeah. Their first one's the big, the big black and the blue. And then you got the Lions Roar. Then you got Stay Gold and Ruins. Yep. And then now uh, they did a looks like the, oh they did a tribute to Leonard Cohen. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then Palomino. Okay. Um, all right, if you had to describe their music in like a few words, what would you say? Oh, it's very um it's very choral. They have very right. um intense uh harmony um mm. to the point like it's very 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 tight harmony. Um and it's kind of on the folksier end um okay. a little bit. It's mm. nice. It's it's pretty easy listening music, but Interesting. That sounds mean to them, but <laughs> it's good easy listening music. <laughs> I don't know if that's I don't know if that's bad. I mean, sometimes isn't music meant to be like peaceful? It's it's meant to be yeah, that's nice. Good, yeah, that's a good way to you know? balance it. It's peaceful. Yeah, just like don't maybe don't call them like elevator music or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something like yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> no. Exactly. Okay. But, well. Yeah, that's, um, that's a big thing on my horizon. Well, um, okay. Trying to think. I I, I don't have anything else. I I kind of became unglued when I started getting pissed. <laughs> so. And that's okay. You can add it in post, you know. Eh, the yeah, section at the end. I have to do some choppy stuff, but I will. Um, I'll end this just by saying, uh, Sophia, thank you for being on here. Appreciate you just being a 
a loyal listener, I think, of Screenspeak as well. Um, Just checking out the content. I hope you've been enjoying some of the stuff. Uh, I'll put in a couple plugs for some past episodes I did. Uh, If you haven't listened to my most recent interview with Byrne Wittenben about the uh, wide release of Reveille that comes out on August 4th, you should definitely check that out. Um, He is an interesting cat, let me tell you. Really interesting guy. Uh, I did an interview with artificial intelligence. Yep, you heard that right. That sounds freaky, yeah. but it's it's the truth. It happened. Um, check that out. Otherwise, also follow Sophia. You can check out her on the Instagram. Did you jump? I don't know. Did you jump over to Threads? Is that a thing? You can, I did you haven't. Do that? I yeah, because okay. I deleted my Twitter account a while back, and I was like, well, why wise. would I replace it for a good thing, like a different thing? You know, it does seem to be exactly the same. I, yeah, I'm good I enough think. to say either, you know. Well, check out Sophia if you liked if you liked listening to her. If you're like, ah, oh, she's cool. She knows music and likes to talk about the you know the guilds and everything else. Like, yeah, just just you know, check her out. So, um, all right, I'm out of gas. I got nothing. You got to get on that lake. I, I need yeah. The lake is calling me. I can't think of I, if I think of this strike stuff anymore. I'm just gonna have a heart attack. So. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Sophia, uh, I'm going to end this. So, see ya. See ya.